Let's catch up again with Frank Pyro from Eversource to talk about some of the changes that have been going on with Eversource to make your service more reliable. Frank, good to catch up again. Thanks for joining me for today. And for starters, a lot of us have heard a lot of helicopters flying around lately. Is that you guys? Yeah, it is. We've got a right-of-way that sweeps along the um, Lebanon Willimantic town line, and uh, it connects one of our uh, substations, which also feeds the uh, Willimantic area. What we're doing out there is installing a new dual-purpose line at the top of those structures that not only protects them from lightning strikes, but also has a core of fiber-optic cable that helps improve communications between our substations and uh, switching facilities. So it, uh, it improves it quite a bit. Um, it allows them to talk at the speed of light almost, and um, it's, it's part of the reliability improvements that we're making in the area. Now, um, as you asked about earlier, we also did some improvements to a circuit that uh, it's an important circuit that runs roughly from that uh, substation into Willamantic along South Street. The work on that is pretty much done. Uh, we've got some cleanup work to do, but the um, the whole purpose of it was to separate two circuits that were on the same structure. So we took one, put it underground, the other one improved it, it left, it left it overhead, and that improves the reliability by uh, reducing their vulnerability to either weather or flooding. I remember it was about five or so years ago we had you here in the studio. Well, those were the days, live in-studio guests. And we talked about something called the Interstate Reliability Project. Is this the next step in that process? It, um, it's, it is in a uh, conceptual way connected to it in that it's all part of our improvement of reliability in the region. The Interstate Project was a, uh, a regional project that went out to Rhode Island, and uh, connected with our, our um, utility partner out there in National Grid, and they continued it on from that point. So that was part of a New England regional grid improvement. The improvements that we're doing around Willimantic more recently are local reliability in, um, improvements that we're making to carry on that that whole strength and system right down to our customers. Ultimately, it's all about our customers and uh, improving our service to them. Well, Frank, you know, back around 1960, I was a big Whirly Birds fan, Chuck and PT in the cockpit of that Dell helicopter. So I've always been intrigued by helicopters. But while we do see them occasionally flying around daytime, I hear helicopters at night, and I don't think it's Lifestar. Is that your people? And if it is your people, what are they doing at nighttime? What can they do? What can they see up there? I don't think it's our people. Um, it, we, you know, we fly by sight. <clears throat> Excuse me. And our flying times usually run from sun up to sundown. For that very reason, we need daylight in order to see what we're doing. So I kind of doubt that it's our helicopters that are up and flying around after dark. I find that usually on Thursdays when that happens. But okay, that was a flame out. That did not happen. So it must be the CIA up there flying around and spying on us. We had a big storm, Isaias. In August, August fourth, twenty twenty, what has Eversource learned from that storm? Well, we've learned that uh, first of all, that uh, the storm provided us with a valuable opportunity to examine the effectiveness of our processes and procedures. We do this after every storm. Um, it's a what a lot of other organizations call a debrief. We take mental notes as we're going through the restoration, as we're in the thick of it, and then afterwards. 
we look at what we did to determine what could we have done better. And we continue to do that with these ESIEs. And we're still fine-tuning our storm response. Uh, part of it is to improve our close coordination with communities and improve our communication with our communities as well. What is the timetable on this current project, the status of it, and when it will be completed? The uh, South Street project? Yeah. It should be done now, and those lines are in service. Um, We've got cleanup work to do. There might be some paving that will be, some permanent paving that will be done after the asphalt plants open up in the spring. But for the most part, that work is completed. Now, I know that you're not the power outage guy, although you are the senior media relations specialist with Eversource. But I'm wondering if these recent changes to the local area would have had an effect if they'd been in place before Isaias. It's likely they would have. Um, and I say that because this is a, this is a line that feeds uh, thousands of customers in Willimantic and the Wyndham area. Um, it's an important line. Um, any line coming out of a substation is there is one of our most important lines. And it's usually an area that we focus on for our restoration. Our restoration strategy works like we work up from the trunk of a tree and then out to the branches. This would be a trunk line. And uh, it is the case for just about any uh, in any town that's fed uh, in this manner from a substation. So it does us no good to get out to the, the side streets and some of the more remote areas without having power to that trunk line. And speaking of trunks and trees, there's been a big effort statewide and maybe region-wide to remove trees. And some people might be thinking, oh, they're taking them down even though they're healthy. Well, a lot of these are bringing down are ones that are not healthy, and they've done a lot of studies on that. But I'm wondering, what is the role of Eversource on that? And have there been efforts to remove trees that might be a threat to bringing down a power line that could knock out power for a few or many? That's right. We've uh, we've increased our activity with uh, tree removal and tree trimming for that very reason. Uh, the number one cause of power outages during a storm is uh, trees and big limbs coming down on our lines. Now, if we don't let it stop there, uh, there are some areas where it's just not feasible to take out all the trees. And what we've done is we've improved the um, ability of our lines to, to handle a strike by a limb. Uh, we've done this by uh, installing larger poles. They're bigger in diameter. If you, if you take a close look at some of the new poles we're putting in, they're a beefier pole. At the top, there's a cross arm that may be gray in color. It's a new cross arm. It's called a composite uh, material type cross arm. They as well can take more weight. And we have some um, overhead wire configurations that are also uh, made to take a little more weight than some of our older lines do. So it's all part of a bigger package that we're, put, that we're trying to deploy in the field to improve the, the reliability of our lines and make them less vulnerable to wind and weight from trees and things like that falling down on them. Uh, but the tree turning doesn't end that on streets. Uh, that right-of-way that I mentioned earlier that runs along the lebanon Wyndham Town line and then goes up through Route 6 and over Mansfield Hollow has um, also been looked at with the same uh, the same scrutiny, and we've uh, beefed up our 
veg- vegetation management on that line as well. I mean, imagine if a, a high voltage line comes down, it affects even more customers. And so the, you know, we take, uh, we take all of this very seriously and ultimately all the work is to improve our service to our customers. But I thought you improved or created that route that you just talked about five or six years ago. So is this some kind of a fine-tuning of what was already there? No, it's a continuation. Um, with 700 miles of transmission right away in the state of Connecticut, it's not, um, it's not prudent to go through the entire 700 miles or so uh, to do tree trimming. And then with uh, the above line, above um, above ground distribution lines that we have on local streets, there's something like 17,000 miles of that wire. And again, you can't do all that in one year. Uh, we had, for prudent reasons, we spread it out over the course of time um, and we continue to work at it. The, uh, the tree trimming is on a five-year cycle. So if you see us this year, you may not see us for another five years, but you will. Uh, we will be back in order to tune up and fine-tune whatever's, whatever's growing out there because, you know, trees are a living and dying thing, and we have to stay on top of this um, all the time. And speaking of my fascination with the helicopters, that project where we talked about, I don't know, it was five or six years ago, I went out and actually watched them doing that at Mansfield Hollow, right off Bassett's Bridge Road, not far from the state park. And the, what I remember is that the guys in the helicopter were actually dropping the lines to guys that were on top of the towers. Can you give a little theater of the mind and explain exactly what that's going? That's a, that's a pretty sensitive process, I would think. It's very precise flying, and I never get tired of watching them. Um, like yourself, Wayne, I was out there watching, watching them string those wires, and it's just incredible. The helicopter also does something that is difficult to do on the ground, which is uh, basically carry or pull a, lot, a line with a truck along a road on the right-of-way. Uh, going through Mansfield Hollow, we would have put it on a boat. The helicopter does it much quicker. But what the helicopters do, the, the pilot does, when he's stringing line, there are large pulleys suspended from the cross arms of the, uh, the structures that we're, putting these, we're installing these lines into. And the pulleys are about, it's a wheel about a foot in diameter, and it's got a rubber coating on, on the inside of it so the wire pulls smoothly. And the helicopter, you'll also see off to one side like a spoke. And the spoke helps guide the helicopter uh, pilot as he aligns the wire with that pulley. It, the, the flying is very precise. They're usually flying sideways and looking out of their, uh, the area where there would be a door. They also remove the door from the helicopter cockpit. Um, and they pull it one, you know, one structure at a time. The structures are about 600 feet apart. And uh, they'll pull about, oh, between 1,000 and maybe 1,500 feet of wire in one shot, depending on how big the wire is. But it's a very precise, and it's a highly coordinated effort. They were also on the ground. You probably would have seen linemen in their buckets um, talking, and they were talking to the helicopter pilot, letting them know, here's who you are. Um, you've got to bring it down, bring it up, or... With the people on the the, the real end uh, where the, the the cable is wound up, and they let them know how much tension to keep on that line while they're pulling it out. 
Um, the helicopter is pulling against that tensioner, so it takes a lot of coordination, um, highly skilled, specially skilled linemen to do that kind of work, and uh, it's really something to see. It, um, you know, it's like I said, I never get tired of watching them. No, well, I didn't get tired that day either. In fact, I've got some video on my on my laptop at home because I watched that, and it was just amazing to see the 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 how how good those people are. Are are those people? By that I mean the the helicopter pilot, the people on the crew on the chopper, and for that matter, the chopper itself. Are those Eversource products? Do you guys subcontract that? We subcontract it, Wayne. The um, the helicopter. I don't recall who the contractor was in that in that particular flight, although. Thinking back, it might have been a, con- a, sub- a helicopter subcontractor from Washington State. Um, like I said, these, these people specialize in that, that specific type of work. Uh, the linemen do as well, although the linemen that were there were um, also contractors. Um, I think it was Power Electric out of Missouri, and um, they're just, it, they come with their own equipment. Uh, their own buckets. These guys work together. They know exactly what has to be done. And above all, they work safely. Right. I was going to ask that question that I would have bet that when you are planning to do that, one thing you got to keep an eye on is the weather. Because if we had winds like we had last Saturday and Sunday, they couldn't do that. No, absolutely not. And they allow that in their schedule as well. They build that right into their uh, work schedule. So, you know, they know for certain certain areas like New England or Connecticut, uh, at least build in, you know, a couple extra days because of weather, uh, and they, you know, they, they just won't fly if it's unsafe. And those particular poles, the ones that go from Columbia, Lebanon, through Mansfield Hollow and the like, they're extremely high. Isn't the goal for that to be above the tree line so that in case a tree does come down, those transmission lines are not affected? It's for uh, total clearance, uh, clearance from the ground, clearance from um, objects on the side, out, out on the side of the right-of-way, like tall, tall growing trees and things like that. Um, also, for long stretches, where you were with your, with your kayak was probably one of the longest stretches between structures on that, that particular part of the route. So the poles are even higher still on each shore of Mansfield Hollow on that, on that lake. Frank remembers that I checked in with him from my kayak. <laughs> I'm impressed, Frank. That's pretty good. Let me turn the page to something a little bit more uh, uh, on the serious side here, even though it's not our main topic this morning. But Eversource is at a spike in rates in January. Is that a permanent increase? Might that come down in six months? What's the, the, the long-term picture of these higher rates? The, that particular rate is called the generation rate. And it's what a customer pays for the cost of generating power and bringing it to their home or business. That rate is in place until July 1st. It, uh, it changes every six months. The, um, the revenue from that particular rate and line item on a customer's bill goes directly to generators, not to Eversource. So it's something we call a pass-through. Um, the state runs the the um, uh, auction that uh, that establishes what generators are going to be feeding into that um, that particular pool of of uh, customers or area you know the area, and uh, it's just you know it's something that changes from 
uh, from summer to winter. And uh, that's about, you know, that's about the long and short of it. It's um, it, it went up about eight point something cents per kilowatt hour. And um, or it went up to eight point, I think it's eight point nine cents per kilowatt hour. Um, either way, it'll it'll likely change when uh, when we get into July when we get to July first. All right, Frank Pyro talking primarily this morning about the ongoing effort to re- increase reliability and the uh, new lines they've been stringing in Columbia and Lebanon. They did that earlier this month, pretty much between January 5th and January the 9th. Frank, good to catch up with you. Thanks for checking in today. Thanks, Wayne. Always a pleasure. Frank Pyro, Senior Media Relations Specialist with Eversource on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.